Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Evan Brand. I'm a certified functional medicine practitioner and a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. I help people that have been to 5, 10, 15, 20 doctors actually figure out what the heck's actually going on with them. It amazes me the people that are promoting themselves and they have these big names, these big credentials, these big look like you look at someone online you're like man like they're doing it right and then you look at their actual protocols and you're actually not very impressed so i try to be the beacon of light in a sea of disappointment people that have spent 10 20 plus thousand dollars they still haven't got to the bottom of their health issues that's where i come in and i go oh wait a second you went to this person and they didn't test this they didn't look for that So I love my job because I'm helping the people that are skeptical. I'm helping the people that are at the end of the rope, the people that want to give up on life, but they haven't yet. They want one last effort, one last chance, one last try. I'm the guy that they come to. An interesting position that I've put myself in, but it's just kind of happened naturally because, as you know, my story is I went to many doctors, tried to get help with my health issues, mainly my digestive problems, and all they wanted to do was prescribe prescription antibiotics or some sort of antispasmatic medication or antidepressants like it's crazy you got to think root cause every time you have something wrong with you if it's like your elbow hurting don't just go and rub cream on it or take ibuprofen think about why is the elbow hurting and is that joint pain migrating is it moving was it the elbow today but then tomorrow it's going to be the shoulder and then the next day it's the knee because that's a clue for us so it's very important as you realize in life, this is not a sprint. This thing is a marathon. And you have to tune into your body. you got to figure out, okay, the joints are migrating with the pain. The anxiety comes and goes. I have more digestive issues during a full moon. Like these are the small clues that you have to pay attention to. And these are the things that most people are just completely ignorant of, meaning they don't pay attention. They just move on. They're busy. They're busy with life. They've got kids. They've got bills to pay. They can't tune in. But I think it's important for you to sit down tune into yourself, actually feel what's happening, get the proper functional medicine testing done so that you can then fix your issues once and for all. I'm very blessed to be on many, many summits and webinars. I've done hundreds of these over the years. Uh, Some of the laboratories that I run labs with, they pay me to coach doctors and teach and educate about these strategies. And I'm going to post this interview today. This was an incredible opportunity for what's called engineering your microbiome. This is a great event that just got put on. This is my talk from that event. So I hope you enjoy it. If you need help clinically, I still do offer one-on-one functional medicine consults with myself and with my team. I have another practitioner on staff because of my availability. Many people are just taking my courses and they're fixing themselves and they don't even need me anymore, which is amazing. That was always the ultimate goal, which is to teach people how to fish. That's the goal. This stuff is not rocket science. Once you've done it a thousand times, you can refine these protocols so much that then people can do it themselves. And I would say 90% of people, unless you're extremely sick, unless you literally just can't focus, 90% of themselves could likely just run the labs, Look at the case studies that I've presented to you and then follow a similar protocol and fix yourself. So I encourage you to check out my ultimate microbiome course bundle. You'll get three courses all in one. You'll get 30% off. So that's better belly. This is where I teach you the step-by-step approach that I run in the clinic. So if you hire me one-on-one, I'm going to do the same exact thing you're going to see in the course, which is how to run, interpret, and fix all digestive issues. So this includes parasite SIBO, candida. You'll see my functional medicine protocols. You'll see my case studies. We have things in there for small children. We have adult protocols. It's all in there. That's better belly. Number two, better energy. This is the step-by-step approach that I use for chronic fatigue. This is what I use for post-exercise malaise, people that just can't exercise because they're too tired, and if they do exercise, they crash. These are generally toxin and mitochondrial problems. You'll be able to fix all that with the better energy. 
And then last but not least, the Better Home course, which is the room by room, step-by-step -step guide to upgrade your home. So this could include purifying the air, mitigating EMF, working on other toxins from the water, from your flooring options, things that can wreck your sleep and wreck your energy. Remember, you can't get well in a sick building. So that's Better Home. So all three of those courses, it's called the Ultimate Microbiome Course Bundle. 30% off is what you can get if you purchase all of those as a bundle. You have lifetime access to those. I add new case studies, and then you'll be able to access all of that as well. So we'll put the link in the show notes. Highly encourage you to enroll so you can fix yourself. I mean, come on. What are you going to do this time next year and the year after that and the year after that? If you continue on this same path, these issues aren't magically going to go away, and you're not going to eat yourself out of these problems, meaning you're going to try carnivore, you're going to go AIP, you're going to go plant-based. It's not going to work. Now, I'm not saying you can't get better, but what I'm saying is no amount of meat, no amount of veggies, no amount of juice, whatever your diet religion is right now, none of that is going to reverse toxicity. None of that is going to improve fat digestion. None of it's going to clear parasites. Like food is just a pillar but it's not this miracle cure that may be promoted online. You really have to dig into the nitty gritty, figure out what you have, and then appropriately fix it. So that's what I do. So check that out. If you do need help, though, one-on-one, -on -one, and you want to read more about courses individually, you could check out my site, evanbrand.com. And then last thing, I don't do sponsors. I've done them in the past. I leave a lot of money on the table. Maybe one day I'll revisit sponsors. But for right now, I don't do them. So myself is my sponsor. So check out my professional supplement line. That's Aura Roots, A-U-R-A roots.com. These are all exclusive healthcare manufacturer companies, meaning I can only get access to these formulas and to the level of purity and potency because of my credentials. These are not contract manufacturing, meaning random warehouses that gather supplements ingredients and then throw them on Amazon. That's not what I'm doing. These are professional companies that you can only get access through healthcare practitioners, but I make it available to the public. Check out my best-selling grass-fed beef organs. My wife and I take these all the time, especially for menstruating females. It's really important to get that liver, the heart, the kidney, the pancreas, the spleen. These grass-fed organs are what your ancestors ate. This is a massive, massive benefit to your health in regards to the micronutrients that you're going to get. You're going to get the CoQ10 from the heart. You're going to get massive amount of nutrients from the liver. I mean, it's one of the most nutrient-dense foods on planet Earth. I personally don't cook liver, so I just do the capsules. And we've seen massive increases in hair and nail and skin health and growth in females. So if you're having issues with hair loss, that's one reason you need organs. The planet is in trouble. We've got Billions of pounds of glyphosate being sprayed on the food supply. Even if you eat organic, rain samples have been shown to have glyphosate in them. Everyone's magnesium deficient. Everyone's B vitamin deficient. Trust me, I run thousands of labs. I look at all sorts of people and all walks of life, and everyone's toxic. So you need nutrient density to protect you against everything we're up against. So check out the grass-fed beef organs. Also, you may consider my liver gallbladder support. And if you want to just dive into an actual protocol, meaning a gut protocol, energy protocol, detox protocol, a long haul protocol, if you're on orderroots.com, you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a black menu bar in the footer of the website. Check that out. You can select one of those. Those are just cookie cutter protocols that will work really well. All right. So that's it. Support the show and the mission. Thank you so much. Enjoy the podcast. Evan. Welcome to the Engineering Your Microbiome Summit. Lindsay, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. All right. I want to start with some basics. Tell me why the gut is important. You make B vitamins there. You break down proteins from your diet, hopefully into amino acids, which then are the precursors, meaning the spark plugs necessary to generate neurotransmitters like dopamine, endorphins, serotonin. We're in a society now where depression is the number one leading cause of disability. Why is that? Well, a lot of reasons. Some could blame social media and Instagram and TikTok. It's all their fault. We're just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Partially true. You also have toxins like mycotoxins, which are basically mold farts that you breathe in. We know those directly deplete dopamine. So some of the gut, brain, depression, anxiety epidemic we're in is related to exterior toxins, but there's also a ton of things that go wrong in the gut too. So your question is, well, why is the gut important? It's the foundation of the brain chemistry. 
So mm-hmm. if you're trying to fix your brain, you got to start in the gut. You don't mm-hmm. go and just get put on the SSRI. That's not root cause. You can take that for 20 years, but if you've got a toxin issue depleting your brain chemistry and that's why you're anxious and depressed, you can take an SSRI for 20 years. It's never going to get rid of the mycotoxins. Number one, disrupting the gut barrier. We know just like uh, gluten and dairy and potential other food allergens, we know that mycotoxins, these mold farts, you breathe in a water-damaged building, we know these disrupt the gut barrier. So mycotoxins cause leaky gut, plain and simple. They deplete brain chemistry. They screw up your leptin receptors. So now you have satiety issues where you're not fully satiated. You have hunger signals that are messed up. Women often gain 20 to 50 pounds without trying. That's related to the mycotoxins affecting hormones. It affects fertility. So all this stuff in the gut gets disrupted. So parasites, bacterial infections, candida, it's all directly attributed to this immune suppression from mold toxicity. So you may have an expert come on and say, well, everything's parasites or everything's this. It's not true. There are some cases where it's that simple, but in my case, I had parasites, Cryptosporidium and Giardia, which are waterborne parasites. I had H. pylori, which is a bacterial infection, very common. 51% of the world population has H. pylori. It damages the parietal cells in your stomach. This reduces stomach acid levels. When you have reduced stomach acid levels, now you can't kill off the pathogens. So then you may develop other infections. So if someone tells you it's all one thing, they're probably wrong and they're trying to sell you something. I'm all about helping people. It's cool to make money, but I'm not going to lead people wrong. Years ago, I say, well, oh, look at all these parasites. But then I had this other population where they didn't have parasites. They still had gut issues. So now I'm to the point now where I have to be a specialist, but I also have to be a generalist, meaning you've got to see the whole spider web, the mold connection to the immune suppression, to the SIBO, to the CFO, all of it is connected. You can't just find one magic bullet to fix the gut. Yeah, there it well, there's no magic bullet to fix anything. There's no magic bullet to fix anything under under the sun. And some of those statistics you just dropped on us were frankly staggering. I had no idea that depression was the number one cause of disability. I had no idea that 51% of people have an H. pylori infection, which makes me crazy as a pharmacist because most of the time when H. pylori infections are there, people just say, here, here's a proton pump inhibitor. Here's an acid blocking drug that is going to further disrupt your microbiome. And it's like, or we could just get rid of the H. pylori so that we don't end up having any kind of problem with acid reflux. H. pylori causes acid reflux. We know that. Well, how about this, though? Let's take it a step further. Not only is it an acid-blocking medication, antispasmatic, but it's often two or even three or sometimes four. They call it triple or quadruple therapy antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So you're mentioning the disruption to the gut with the acid blockers. True. Nutrient deficiencies caused by that also. True. But the antibiotics. And the problem is... Even the CDC is freaking out about it, which they've pretty much lost their trust by the public anyway. But the CDC is now trying to warn people about antifungal resistant fungus, specifically certain strains of candida that we're seeing. Also, they're sounding the alarm saying we are now in the post-antibiotic era, meaning the antibiotics that historically are being used for H. pylori no longer work. So if you go down the street to your local gastroenterologist, they may prescribe this triple quadruple therapy. I've seen hundreds of clients in the last eight years who've been through that already. And then they're reaching out to me because guess what? It didn't work. So Mm -hmm. now you've got these virulent strains of bacteria that are resistant to the drug. So then you're in a real mess because now what do they do? They pump you full of more antibiotics. Well, let's try this antibiotic. And of course, not only does that damage the gut, it damages the mitochondria. So now you're anxious, depressed, and you're chronically fatigued and you got IBS. Mm. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a huge, huge mess. And, you know, it's 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 interesting when the CDC is like, oh, no, we're in a post antibiotic era. And it's because and it's like that's because that you have allowed drug reps to encourage over prescribing of antibiotics for 20 plus years. You know, it's like nobody put some hard stops on on physicians just being outright encouraged to over prescribe antibiotics. And the thing that's so crazy about antibiotic usage is you can have one course of antibiotics when you're two or three years old that is still haunting you when you're 30, 40, 50 years old. And so I would love to go back to something that you talked about a moment ago, which is toxins that deplete 
our neurotransmitters. Talk to us about how toxins like mold can deplete our neurotransmitters, which is, you know, production of neurotransmitters is one of the most important roles of our microbiome. So mold does a lot of things. It does affect the kidneys also. So we can mention that while we're at it. Specifically, ochratoxin. There's also another mycotoxin called citrinin. There's mycophenolic acid, zeaverlinone. So I think we first need to just explain in case somebody's new and, and this has kind of gone past them already. So mycotoxins can be ingested from the food supply. So this could also be moldy nuts, moldy grains. This is why so many people generally feel better on paleo, autoimmune paleo, even full carnivore, animal-based diets, because they're typically cutting out a lot of different foods that have mycotoxins in them. So just be clear, you can get exposed through ingestion. You can get exposed via the air, which is probably the primary source. I would say 90-10, so maybe 90% inhalation, maybe 10% diet, moldy coffee, moldy nuts, moldy chocolate, those sort of things. Now, when you get these mycotoxins inside of you genetically, there is a percentage of the population, some argue it's around 25%, I think it's probably greater than that, that have a genetic defect in what's called HLA-DR gene, where their body doesn't recognize the mycotoxin, so therefore it cannot mount a detoxification response, meaning it's a hidden infection. Think of it as a hidden toxin that the body doesn't recognize and therefore doesn't get out. It doesn't excrete it. Normally, the kidney can help filter some of this. You pee out mycotoxins, you can poop out mycotoxins, you can sweat out mycotoxins, hence the use of sauna. You can conjugate them. The glucuronidation pathway can help. Glutathione can help. There's other things that you can do. So it's this big symphony that normally works. But in modern society, a lot of us are genetically ungifted and we can't. And that's what happened to me. So when you first see the symptom of depression or low drive or low motivation, you're seeing it in younger and younger children. I'm fortunate to have some awesome kids and I've tested them and unfortunately they've had mycotoxins that got passed through the placenta from my wife. Also mycotoxins go through the breast milk. So this issue of brain chemistry being depleted can happen from an early age. These are the children that are five, six, seven years old and they're already having issues with school. I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't see these little pop-up math tutoring clinics. Everywhere, every corner now, you see this tutoring clinic. Why are all these kids struggling so much? Well, many causes, of course, but I think a big one is this toxin problem because now in the age of video games, I'm probably the last generation to be locked out the house where you're playing on your bicycle until the sun goes down. I was out in fresh air, hopefully not getting that much mycotoxin exposure. Now, the average person's indoors about 96% of the day. So if your child is in a moldy daycare and then goes to a moldy elementary school, middle school, high school, college, dorm, or you simply have a moldy house if you work at home, you're getting exposed all the time, these mycotoxins build up. And so mm -hmm. we can measure this. You can do this via urine. You can do it in a combination of tests is very important. So number one, you wanna get an organic acids test because organic acids can measure this dopamine. So instead of you and I just ranting about the problem, well, we need to investigate. So how do you do it? Well, organic acids testing. So you can specifically measure the metabolites. Think of it like you're measuring your car for emissions testing or measuring the urine. So we can see the metabolites like homovanillic or vanomandelate, uh, and you can have a direct look into this window of brain chemistry. And oftentimes, I'd say 90 out of 100 cases, people are low across the board. Dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin. So I think it's important. Why don't we just spend a couple minutes talking about brain chemistry and what symptoms may occur? That way I can give your listeners a clue about where they could look and where they might be able to self-medicate in the meantime while they're getting some labs run. So dopamine, we'll start there. Let's do it. Okay. And 90 plus percent of serotonin is made in the gut. So we'll get back to the gut connection and how that affects your brain in a second. But dopamine, low, low dopamine symptoms would be lack of energy, lack of drive, lack of focus or concentration, the biggest one, ding, 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 you get easily bored. That's low dopamine. Moving on to low endorphins, that would be you tear up or you cry easily. You may watch a sappy commercial or something was cute, but not that cute, but you're crying up, you know, crying over it. You may have cravings, so dark chocolate, cannabis, fats, sweets, starches, alcohol. Low serotonin is gonna be more anxiety, irritability, short fuse. We're in a society with very low dopamine, low serotonin. I've tested a thousand plus people. I can tell you that this is why society seems crazy because everybody has low dopamine, low serotonin. So everyone's irritable. Everyone's pissed off. It's all because of this brain chemistry piece. And so also PMS for females, very, very highly attributed to low serotonin. 
Mm -hmm. uh, also insomnia because you make, depending on what study you read, roughly 90% of serotonin is made in the gut. If your gut is damaged by mycotoxins, you're making less serotonin. Also, you need serotonin plus B6 to make melatonin. So now your sleep's disturbed too because you don't have the serotonin. You have the precursor. And that's partly due to the issue with gut malabsorption. So if you have all these gut infections that happen because of the mold exposure or the H. pylori, the downregulated stomach acid, now you don't have enough digestive fire to break these things down. So hopefully you're eating good animal-based products, whether it's some pastured eggs, some grass-fed beef, bison, elk, venison, whatever you can do to get your hands on a good piece of meat. Vegetarians and vegans suffer the worst. Now I try to just educate them and tell them, look, we can try to supplement with pea protein and other options, but you really gotta get some of these animal nutrients nutrients or even organ capsules inside of your body. Those are the people that heal faster. The people that listen to me get better. There's a few stubborn vegans that won't budge. We can try to hack this thing and supplement specific amino acids, but ultimately you're trying to go against the way you were designed. So that's a whole nother debate where I'll piss off half the listeners, maybe maybe a small percentage. Maybe your people are on board with the meats. Well, I mean, I think it's just a matter of the fact that when we talk about science in the media, science is expected to be absolutely black or absolutely white. And so you and I could have an argument right now. I could say, well, you know, red meat, it skews your gut bacteria towards bacteria that are more likely to produce TMAO. But you're saying, yeah, but if you're sitting around eating a diet that's jammed full of mold, which is inevitably more common on plant-based materials, you know, it's it's we try to make things so clear and cut and dry that like everybody eat keto, everybody eat paleo, everybody eat plants, everybody eat vegan. There is no one answer to this at all. And I, and I don't want to distract people because if you get too deep in the weeds with the diet conversation, then it's a diet podcast or webinar, and then everybody just like gets emotional. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll move on from that. But I will say the the important mechanism I want people to understand is that the inflammation in the gut, whether it's from toxins and or infections, seriously impacts your brain. And so mm -hmm. people that are having psychiatric problems, whether this is diagnosed as PANS or PANDAS in children, OCD. Uh, bipolar, all of these, uh, even schizophrenia, there is some link between mycotoxins, but also tick-borne infections too. So I look at a lot of that, Lyme, Bartonella, Babesia, which are extremely underdiagnosed. All these infections drive up systemic inflammation, gut inflammation, which then creates brain problems. So at the end of the day, I think one of the main reasons people are listening is because number one, maybe their gut needs to be better. Number two, maybe they want to be happier. They, they want to be more energetic. They want to be more focused, a better wife, a better spouse, a better entrepreneur. Well, if your gut's a wreck, you can't you can't achieve those dreams. You're going to be limited, and then you're going to modify your lifestyle, which is what I hate to see people do. They're going to change their lifestyle to accommodate their illness, meaning they're going to eat less food, so the diet's more restrictive. They're not going to travel because they're too scared about their IBS. You know, they're going to avoid certain restaurants and family gatherings because they can't because they're they're, they're too sensitive or they're too messed up. So mm -hmm. ultimately, it's all about freedom. I want people to experience freedom where they don't have to worry. There's mm -hmm. so many people I have talked with that that are in fear. Mm -hmm. And fear is a toxic emotion to your gut health. Yes. And it's also just very toxic for your kidneys as well. I mean, that in Chinese medicine is where fear is housed. And also in Chinese medicine, the, the jing energy is housed in the kidneys. And once you run out of jing energy, your chi ceases to be. You die when your jing energy is gone. Um, and it's, it's so cool in Chinese medicine. This is one of the reasons that, you know, when you were talking about the low dopamine and you were like, you, you get easily bored. And I was like, and then you start making bad decisions about how to raise up your dopamine. And you can do that with drugs, alcohol, with, you know, all kinds of bad decisions that lead to increases in dopamine. And in Chinese medicine, that evaporates the kidney energy. The, that sense of getting high is literally the jing energy, the life-giving force that, that moves the chi. It's evaporating it. And that's one of the reasons that it's so, so dangerous. And so you mentioned organic acid testing, but talk to me a little bit more. If somebody is sitting back and they're... and and 
And I guess let me take one big step back. You mentioned the sources of mold, moldy nuts, moldy grains. You mentioned the air. And when you said, you know, I was outside playing as a kid, I was like, yeah, there's less mold outside than there is inside in your house. I can't wait to get this carpet ripped up out of my house. Like I need it gone because it's housing. It's housing mold. What are other common sources of mold? And and if our listener listens to that list and they're like, oh, crap, I've been exposed to like 12 of those. What are some of the testing that you heavily rely on to help identify mold? And then we're going to get around to what do we do about it? Sure. So I don't know if I can say there's less outdoor molds than indoor molds, but the the real variable is the dilution, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're in endless amounts of cubic feet of other air that's going to dilute that. So I don't know if I can say less. There's probably somebody yelling at you right now saying, she's wrong. There's tons of outdoor <laughs> molds. So so I don't know. I don't know how to quantify the number of outdoor molds versus indoor molds, but, but the solution to pollution is dilution. Mm-hmm. When you're in a box, like a home, like this room that you're talking to me from, that's a smaller room than outside your house right now. And so if you've got a water damage, like a pipe that leaked, high humidity over the years, You've had, let's say, carpet, like you said, where maybe there was some moisture problems built up into that carpet or simply people that are off-gassing it. So believe it or not, you can actually off-gas candida. You can off-gas molds into the air. A lot of pets, a lot of dogs have mold that they bring in. And so we can actually do a tap testing. This is a Petri dish test. You can do Petri dishes and you can actually tap your animal's fur like this and you can measure the mold. And so a lot of times we bring our dogs into our beds with us And if those pets have candida problems because they have bad diets that are high in grains or refined carbs, your pet can actually keep you sick. And you can measure candida coming off of your dog. So if your dog's sleeping in your bed, your dog has a candida problem, which is related to mold. Candida is a yeast that can create acetaldehyde, which can cause brain fog and other problems. Mold and candida are in the same category to me because they like to play together. Mm -hmm. So mold issues will often create candida problems. So ladies listening with yeast problems, if you're just targeting the yeast problem with diflucan, fluconazole, itraconazole, some of these other natural ones like oregano, grapefruit seed extract, listen, you're not working upstream enough. If you have mm. a yeast problem, you likely have a mold problem, especially if your yeast problem keeps coming back. Mm. So that's important. But if your dog's sleeping in your bed and you have a yeast problem and you can't beat it, it's probably your dog and you can treat your dog. So you can use antimicrobials, you can use special probiotics for the animals, which can then regulate that balance. So a little bit of a tangent, but back to the the issue of indoor versus outdoor molds. The indoor molds are more toxic. They make more mycotoxins and it's in a more concentrated environment because you're in this box that doesn't breathe. Now in this home here, I got a big house, so it requires bigger stuff, meaning more systems. So we have two whole house dehumidifiers, which is basically essential in the South. And I know where you live, you need them. I guarantee your humidity in the summer is excessive. And it's very hard for an air conditioner to suck out enough moisture to keep your humidity levels at or below 40%, which is my goal. Mm. But with whole house dehumidifiers, you can achieve that. So you have a little tube that will then excrete all of the moisture from your home outside of your house. I don't like standalone dehumidifiers because those have to be drained And then you're arguing with whoever lives with you, or if you're by yourself, you're arguing about having to drain that bucket all the time with the moisture. So this is why a whole house system is better. But you've got to make sure that humidity is low. You can buy a hygrometer on Amazon for 10 bucks and you can measure the humidity in your home. You want 40%. If it's too high, you can use the whole house dehumidifiers. Also, in this house, we have two fresh air systems. These are called ERVs or HRVs. These are holes cut in the side of your house. You can pump fresh outdoor air in you run it through a filter, and then it dilutes the indoor toxins. So this is especially important for new builds where you can dilute VOCs, but also in older homes where you have mycotoxins, you can dilute those with these fresh air systems. So I have a whole course dedicated to this. It's not a sales pitch for the course, but I put a lot of time and effort and money into building amazing homes. And so I have a home a home course just called Better Home. You can look it up, Better Home Evan Brand, you can find it. But that's where I go deep and I take you room by room through my house to show you about carpet, what carpet is safe, what's a problem? What about paints? What about humidity? How do you treat mold in the home? I cover all that, which is more extensive than what we can cover here. But the long story short is if you're inside all the time in a sick building, you're not going to get well. And Mm. regarding testing, you asked that in the question too. So organic acids, you can run via urine. 
We also run a mycotoxin screen. So we can measure these mold farts. We can measure these mycotoxins that are excreted out through the urine. And depending on what type of mycotoxin you have, there are different binders appropriate for different toxins. For example, ochratoxin. This is probably the most common one we see. This damages the kidneys. It damages the cerebellum, which is a lot of which is why a lot of people with mold toxicity have vertigo and or dizziness, which I suffered from tremendously. It was miserable. Something like charcoal is very effective at binding to ochratoxin. But if you have the hormone disrupting zearylanone, this is a highly estrogenic mycotoxin, far more than soy. In the nutrition world, everyone's freaking out about soy. Let mm. me tell you, zearylanone in a water damaged building that's growing fusarium, far more damaging to your female hormones, far more disruptive to your fertility, to your menstrual cycle than soy. This is the real smoking gun, ladies. I've worked with many women who were told they can't get pregnant. They get pregnant with these protocols. So for that, you may need something different like clay. So this is why you've got to test, not guess, because if you're just taking some random binder, I won't name drop them, but some of our good friends use binders that are too generic and they're not based on the labs. They're just this cookie cutter blend of specific detox nutrients, which is great for most people, but if you really want to get well, you want to be targeted. So you might need a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Also probiotics are helpful too, because you can help to transfer some of the toxins into less toxic forms. Also, we use Saccharomyces a lot, which helps as a gentle binder for mycotoxins. So getting your organic acids and mycotoxin done, you can do it at your house. It's a first morning's urine sample. You wake up, pee in the cup, get it back to the lab, and then you can make a protocol based on it. Now, the one big thing that's important for this conversation, people need to understand there's a difference between mold toxicity and mold colonization. Mold toxicity means you've got mycotoxins in your bucket. Now, if you've been exposed to mold long enough, you've had a great enough amount of exposure or your immune system was weak coming into this thing, meaning childbirth, hormonal dysfunction, uh, trauma, divorce, death, like you've had some crazy immune suppression, Lyme, other co-infections, viruses that have suppressed your immune system, then you get exposed to mold, you're more likely to develop colonization. Now you can rule this in or rule this out on paper using organic acids testing. There's specific markers we look at like tricarbolic acid and others, and you can measure whether you're growing mold or not. So when you hear someone say, get out of your house, go move to Arizona, you're going to feel better, not necessarily if you're growing it. If you have mold colonization in your sinus cavity and or your gut, it doesn't matter where you move, you're taking the problem with you. Mm -hmm. So this is why some people don't get better. They'll say, I took this detox support, I'm not better. Why? You could be colonized. Ugh, yes, absolutely. And, and I think... This idea of having these stealth kind of like latent, you know, it, it's not it's not enough to make you overtly sick, but it's enough to make you feel like crap and get medically gaslit for 10 years before you find somebody who will actually listen to you and recognize that like, no, 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 those symptoms aren't normal. It's not, it's absolutely not normal. And we should not be in a situation where people are constantly told that all of these, these symptoms are normal. Now, the thing that I am piecing together as I listen to you is that mold causes problems everywhere. You know, mold causes problems in every single body system and in in your pets and in all of the things. So let's talk about how do we, if we're colonized, you know, how do we get this stuff out of our body? We've talked about getting it out of the house, but like, and you said the binders aren't good enough and some of the binders aren't good enough. And you mentioned some probiotics and I would love to hear your thoughts on which probiotics specifically, like which strains specifically do you think are are powerful and effective at helping people to detoxify mold and eliminate it from the body? Sure. And the problem is, too, in medicine, everything is so separated now. Mm. So your gastroenterologist is not asking you about the flood in your basement. Your right. neurologist is not asking about the mold exposure. Your mm -hmm. ENT doctor that you go to for your ear, nose, throat, vertigo issues, they're just giving you antihistamine medication. So you see, the problem is, as you know, with your career, everything's been so separated now that no one sees the friggin' elephant in the room. This guy sees the nose, this guy sees the tail. I mean, they're all missing the boat. So that's why I've really, I had to suffer. And I think suffering is a good teacher, unfortunately. But mm. uh, long story short, I'm not saying 
those binders aren't good enough. What I'm saying is you don't want to use generic blends and assume you're going to get all the way to the finish line. I've done generic blends with people and you can improve. So please don't let me talk out of any particular product. All I'm saying is it's better to have the data. Meaning if you have ochratoxin, don't go take a bunch of clay. Clay doesn't work very well for ochratoxin. Charcoal works better. So you just need to be a little more targeted unless you want to take five years to get better. If you want to get better in one to three years, you need to be targeted. If you have five years to waste, fine go slow and go generic. But a lot of times I'd rather just hurry this damn thing up because people have already been to five, 10 doctors. They've already been sick for 20 years before they get to me. So I got a lot of pressure on me to get results quickly. Now, the cool thing is children tend to get better faster. So I've worked, been fortunate to work with a lot of children. I don't market myself as a pediatric functional medicine practitioner, but a lot of parents have found me because the pediatrician kind of threw their hands up and didn't know what to do when the child has issues with their gut and their belly hurts and they have headaches and skin rashes and they can't focus in school and they're biting other children or they're on the autism spectrum. Guess what? Mycotoxins are a huge factor in autism. So we look at all this stuff and once you get the proper labs, you make the proper protocol, you can get better. And then for colonization, you and I talked briefly about how women with yeast problems, they'll go do fluconazole, nice stat, and some of these conventional, which I'm sure you probably prescribe some of that or pass some of that stuff out. <laughs> so many times, friend, so many times. <laughs> I guarantee it. Now, here's the problem, though. Those yeast are becoming resistant to nice statin, and mm -hmm. so it's not working anymore. And this is why you need the more functional approach. And what I mean by that is you need natural botanicals where these particular yeast and microbes and molds have not developed resistance to. Plants are too unique. They have too many different terpenes and alkaloids, especially when you create synergistic formulas. So I've got a whole line, microbiome one, two, three. I often use my microbiome three for these kind of fungal colonization. So this is a blend of thyme, like you cook with, Paul Diarco, French tarragon, horsetail. These herbs have antiviral, antifungal properties. So I will often mix a blend like that into the uh, biofilm busting component too. So we may use something like caprylic acid. We may use some type of specific enzymes like serapeptidase or lumbrokinase to help thin out biofilm and help with the blood. Because a lot of people, they have coagul coagulation issues. You may have heard this term hypercoagulability. We heard this a lot with the C virus, coagulation issues, blood clots. Well, some of that is worsened with pre-existing mold problems mm -hmm. because this directly affects nitric oxide production. So now you have this vasoconstriction. So now you're gonna have cold hands, cold feet, poor circulation problems, low libido, erectile dysfunction, and brain fog. That's all directly attributed to the downregulation of your nitric oxide due to the toxin. Mm -hmm. So I could, I could go all day if you let me on this, but I'm hoping that people are understanding the connection between your erectile function problems, your brain problems, your brain fog, your anxiety, depression, your chronic fatigue, fatigue, uh, the cold hands, cold feet, the circulatory problems, the autoimmune diseases. We didn't evolve for this. Even a couple hundred years ago in the, uh, the West, the Wild West, we're outside our entire lives. Native Americans are living in the teepee. That teepee gets damaged. You kill a new bison, you put up a new teepee, but they had fresh air. So this is a new problem. I want people to understand this is a new problem. For the few two, three skeptics out there that say, hey, mold's everywhere. There's always mold. You can't avoid it, blah, blah, blah. Listen, we're not in the same environment as even just 100 years ago. Even the old farmhouse built in the 1800s, the windows were probably so leaky and there was so many drafts coming into that old farmhouse that it would dilute these toxins. But now we are in these perfectly sealed, insulated, double-pane glass windows, double-insulated doors. Everything is so damn tight now. Now there are some uh, requirements in the building code for ventilation, but it's still not enough. And so we're living in these toxic stews. I even go to Whole Foods and here in town, and you can see mold growing right there in some of the cold drink counters where they've got all the kombucha and green juices and stuff. You could look right under those and that, that thing's filled with mold because it's constantly moist. So mm -hmm. this is this is an unavoidable problem. I just want people to understand that you've got to integrate some of these detox strategies into your daily practice, especially if you've tested positive. If you've tested positive after doing this stuff, you know genetically you've got a problem. And mm -hmm. so if you go to that moldy hotel in Cabo for the week, you've got to assume you've got to work on, you know, repairing the exposure you've had. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then you have certain social media influencers and builders who are all about the environmental impact of their house. And they're building these houses 
where it's like it's so environmentally friendly because it doesn't allow air in or out. It's like even tighter on the ventilation. And at some point, it's like, okay, but who cares if you're spending a little bit more to run your air conditioning if your house is so airtight that you're suffering from from mold exposure? Now, a question came to mind as we were talking about detox and talking about getting this out of our life. I mean, number one, I think one thing that's coming through loud and clear is prevention is, you know, an ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure is you're just saying like, look, avoid, 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 dehumidify your house, avoid, avoid, avoid is a great one. But another question that I think gets asked a lot is if I am detoxifying, do you have an opinion on what order you go in? I hear people say like, oh, you got to clean the liver. And then I hear people say, but it doesn't matter if you clean the liver, if your colon is jammed full of, you know, only pooping once a week for the past three years. And so do you encourage your clients to go in a stepwise approach? Or do you think it's a more subtle and nuanced kind of thing? Yeah, good question. And some of that is kind of a marketing sales pitch. Certain people will say, oh, you got to do the lymph and then this and then that. And then if you do this wrong, no, no, no. So here's the reality. Most people are too sedentary. Here you and I are talking about people being sedentary while we're sitting, right? So I know you're moving, which is great. But still, in general, we're supposed to move, move the lymphatics around. Also, you got to realize too, with various toxins that can impair the lymphatic flow. So we're up against a lot. I would just say that pooping is the first step. Now, some may argue there's a different order, but look, if you're not pooping, but once every two, three days, you got to get pooping every day. And that's that's easier and more realistic for people than when they hear something about, well, you've got to open the drainage pathways and you've got to get the lymph. It's Some people get lost in that. So you can do self-lymphatic massage on yourself. There are rebounders that you can use and for red sauna, just simple movement, riding a bike can help move the lymphatics. You've got some points near the clavicle where you can actually kind of pump the lymphatic system. But ultimately got to be pooping because that's a big primary way we're excreting these mycotoxins. Mm-hmm. And then after you... Hopefully by the time you're pooping, you've got labs. And you gotta realize too, if you have bacterial overgrowth, certain bacteria speed up motility. So you're more IBS diarrhea, certain bacteria create constipation. So then you gotta start working on the microbes now that you're pooping. Once you start working on the microbes, now you're fixing some of these other detox pathways. So there's a pathway in the body we talked about briefly called glucuronidation. There's an enzyme we measure on the stool. It's called beta-glucuronidase. This enzyme goes high due to bacterial overgrowth that causes the recirculation of hormones and toxins. Mm -hmm. So here you are doing all this good work, but if you don't fix the bacteria causing the glucuronidation pathway problems, you're missing a major pathway of detox. Mm. So if you're just focusing on bile, you're just focusing on binders, you got to fix all these pathways. They all help. So think of it like a river that splits off into multiple different avenues. You want all avenues to get rid of this flood. You want little offshoots this way and offshoots that way so you can get this flood of toxins out. So a little bit goes out this pathway, a little bit goes out that pathway, but it's all good if you can get it all working. So glucuronidation, glutathione, sulfuration, binders, it's all adding up. Mm-hmm. It all adds up. And, and you know, I think what is so meaningful about the way that you approach things is it's the opposite of what we talked about that Western medicine does, where everything is just like in a silo. No, this is this is taking a, a, an approach that really, truly fixes the whole thing. And... In your experience, does this sometimes take some trial and error to get mold out of people? Like, do different people recover with different things? Of course. Depends on if they're exposed. I had a woman in Oregon living in a $2.5 million house, and she didn't want to leave. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That's a nice house, but it's moldy. We've tested it. You've got a big problem. You're not going to get better in that house. Mm. So yeah, she didn't get better because she didn't listen because she didn't get out. Sure. Uh, Then I had a woman in Oregon, same thing. Her kitchen sink was leaking for years. She, I don't know, mold caused you to do weird things. A lot of people get stubborn when they have mold toxicity. They're either in denial because it's too overwhelming or their brain just simply doesn't work properly. So yeah, to answer your question, depends. Depends Mm -hmm. on their exposure. How often are they getting outside? How often are they pooping? Are they doing sauna? 
How long have they been sick? Do they have heavy metals? I mean, what else is going on? So in general, you can get kids better faster a year or two, but most adults that have been sick for 20 years, it's going to take two to five years to get better. Mm, yeah. And that is something else that just is the, there is no magic pill. This is, there's nothing miraculous happening here other than you being able to show up every day and have the discipline to do the work and just have the discipline to do all of the work. So before I get to my very last kind of rapid fire questions, what did I miss in this interview? What do you think that we need to cover that we haven't covered yet? I think we killed it. I think we killed it too, dude. So if our listeners only take one Thing And they say, you know what, during that interview, I listened to Evan and I am going to do this one thing to help engineer my microbiome in a healthier direction. What would you suggest? That's easy. Test, not guess. Running uh, organic acids and a mycotoxin profile. You don't okay. have a freaking clue what you're up against. Quit buying random supplements that are ending up in your supplement graveyard. Test your freaking self. You know how many Tupperware containers I have? I probably bought thousands, thousands of dollars of supplements over the years because I heard this on this podcast and this year, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna try it. And then I buy it, and I'm like, did it make me better? Did it make me worse? I don't freaking know. Get the data. Yep. I love it. I love it. Get your test done so that you're not guessing. And I love what you just said the supplement graveyard. I mean, I think all of our listeners will understand what that is and just how much money. And a good friend of mine, you know, he 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 always says it so plainly. He says the worst money you can spend is on supplements that don't work. Because I think I'm sure you've heard it from your clientele about like these supplements are too expensive. It's like, mm, okay, how's how how's being sick? Is that is that cost effective for you? And so invest in the good stuff instead of just randomly picking something and then it ending up in your supplement graveyard. Absolutely. So what is one thing you do every day to support your microbiome? Eat quality nutrition that doesn't have glyphosate in it that damages my gut. Even trace amounts of glyphosate. If you eat an organic strawberry, you avoid this. If you eat a conventional strawberry, there's an average of 22 different pesticides, herbicide, fungicide, chemicals on those. Even parts per billion of some of these insecticide, herbicide, chemicals damage the microbiome. I've done several podcasts with Stephanie Sinoff. She's an MIT researcher on this topic of glyphosate, mitochondrial damage, and autism and all that. But the, the fact is clear. If you're putting in something killing the beneficial microbes in your gut, well, why are you taking this 50 to $70 probiotic then if you're eating non-organic food that's damaging it. So yeah, it's a little more expensive, but as you mentioned, illness is expensive too. And a lot of these mold toxins are carcinogenic and a cancer diagnosis is very expensive. As you may know from the pharmaceutical world, cancer drugs have some of the most markup of any drugs on the planet, which is kind of evil because here yeah. they are dying <laughs> and you got 10,000 X markup on them. So Try to avoid that by getting out these carcinogenic mycotoxins. Do your microbiome a favor. Try not to consume pesticides in your food. I I mean, if you were to ask me to describe the pharmaceutical industry just in general, I might use the word evil. I mean, there's just so much. It's astonishing to me, you know, something that started out with some of the best of intentions has just been manipulated and contrived and all the things, but I don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Um, last question. Listeners who want to listen to a podcast, read a book, check out a blog. What are some of your favorites that you go and where are the places that you learn about engineering your microbiome and mold? I learn more in the clinic than any school, any course, any mentor. I learn by working with people and seeing what helped them. Can I do that? Oh, yeah, that absolutely. That way. So, so the, honestly, the clinical experience is better than any credential I've ever picked up. But uh, plug for my own podcast because I have other experts on there. It's not just about me and what I'm saying. I interview other great people. So if you want a good topic uh, to, to start with, you could check out Dr. Neil Nathan. We've done several on mold toxicity and Lyme disease and maso activation and histamine intolerance. So you could check out those. 
Uh, his book also, Toxic, is really good. That's a good starting place. And my courses are really where I share a lot of case studies. I do before and afters of lab results. I show people when you get your labs done, what do you actually do with it? I teach you how to run and read this stuff because I'm typically booked out two to three months clinically. So I am still available for consults if people need help. But a lot of times people can fix themselves. I've had several emails come in, even in the past week from medical doctors that took my course. I had a, actually a GI doc who reached out. She wants to be a client to do one-on-one consults. She said, Evan, I took the Better Belly, which is kind of my flagship. She said, I took that. I learned more about dysbiosis, fungal infections, and I've learned in 20 years of practicing gastroenterology, which is a nice compliment, but it's also scary to think that our medical docs are so underqualified or just inexperienced in this whole new realm of this gut mold connection that they're desperate. They're desperate mm. for answers. And so I'm just trying to put the dent in the world. So, so those are the resources. The podcast is free. I've done it for a decade, 400 episodes, tons of topics just like this. I do YouTube videos also. I try to do Instagram. You probably are better at Instagram than me. It's hard to condense a deep topic like this into a minute reel. So I'm trying, <laughs> but it's a, it's a little tricky. So, uh, but I'm out there so people can check me out. Absolutely. All right, viewers, go and check out evanbrand.com to learn more about Evan and the work that he does. And remember, his practice is digital. So if you are looking for someone, if you think that you might be struggling with, with mold toxicity or just simply don't feel good, go and consult with Evan. Evan Brand, what an honor to get to interview you here on the Engineering Your Microbiome Summit. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode, that interview. Hope you got a lot out of it. Like I said in the beginning, if you need more help, you want to fix yourself, just go to evanbrand.com. You can look at the courses. You'll look at the microbiome bundle. It's an incredible deal. The price will go up. I've had doctors take that course. They've told me it's better than the $20,000, $50,000 curriculum that they've taken in some of their medical schooling. And it's a fraction of that. So consider enrolling in that. In regards to the one-on-one consults, those are still available. Availability is limited. I do have another practitioner on staff that's also amazing. So if you need help, that option is there. But either way, you can fix yourself. So don't give up. This is a long game. Just because you didn't fix yourself today doesn't mean you can't fix yourself tomorrow. So please just pace yourself, pace yourself, pace yourself. Life is a long game. I wish I could fix you overnight, but I can't. If you've been sick for 20, 30, 40 years, it's going to take a little time. So just stay patient. Set yourself realistic goals, realistic expectations, and don't give up. Enjoy the moments. Listen to the birds. Watch the wind blow the trees. Celebrate life. Don't just live on fast forward. Slow down. Enjoy the ride. You will get better. Take good care. I'll be in touch soon. Tonight, talk about the things that you like, girl. Talk about the